0: to Sunday service. You know, one of the goals that I had in starting this podcast was that the listener would get a feel of what small church America is like. And I had heard a statistic that the average church in America is around 75 in attendance. And we are well below that. We are a a small church. We're small. uh, Our building is small. And uh, the attendance that we have is small right now. And sometimes when you're in big churches, you wonder what's going on in these small churches. And that was one of the goals of this podcast was for people to get a feel of what's happening in those cute, quaint little churches that you see on the side of the road. And that, that that would be my church. And you get to experience that listening today because while I was speaking, towards the end of the service, you'll hear a little bit of disruption. And, and what that is was two neighborhood boys, they're, they're both 13 and they wanted to come to church. They didn't, and they didn't know how to come to church. So they knocked on the door and we opened the door for them. They came in and uh, they sat on the front row and listened. And it was just, I loved it. It was just the most precious thing got to talk to him afterwards, and um, it was just fun. And it is definitely something that you may not experience in a really large church, but in a small church, and especially a church that uh, just feels like family, it was like, it was precious. And then the people that in the church um, afterwards, they just made sure these boys felt welcomed and they got snacks and treats and all these wonderful things. But that's just part of uh, the appeal to me of a small church is just the closeness that we have. And I went ahead and just also left a little bit of the end of our worship time on here. It's an older song that we ended with today. And uh, just so you could hear what our worship is like. I'm on the piano too. And if you notice that if I have to talk and play at the same time, it just doesn't work out very well. But, you know, I'm learning. I'm doing my best. But um, yeah, I figured just a little bit of worship before you hear the word is always, it's always good to prepare your heart. So as you listen to this week's sermon, I just pray that you are blessed and encouraged for the week. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to hear that today, that he What a great presence of God we have here today. Oh, the name of Jesus. You say the name of Jesus and you just feel, it's like he knows already what we need. When we speak the name of Jesus, he knows our hearts and he knows what we need. And I'm thankful for him. Uh, This morning, uh, I want to, well, message, the theme of my message is Hall of Fame. And have you ever heard of the Guinness World Book of Records? <laughs> Seriously? Okay, this is the age gap then, right, that's happening. Katie, have you heard of? <gasps> okay, um, so Guinness World Book of Records is just what it says. It's a book of world records. And when I was a little girl, that was always the book you went to in the library to see what... You, you've you heard of it. You were just being sarcastic. Oh, I need to learn your sarcastic voice. Okay. Um, anyway, the sarcastic pew there. <laughs> just don't let the man's be sarcastic. <laughs> oh, amen, Shelley. Um, anyway, but it was the book that... that I went to, because you've got to look at the pictures, and you know, the, um, like, uh, I have pictures up here of, of the tallest man, and um, his name was Robert Wadlow, and that was in the 1940s, and he still holds the world record for being the tallest man at 8 feet 11 inches, and I was reading about him, and um, like, the medical people think that they'll probably never, he'll probably always have that record, because that was just, so tall. And then the shortest man, his name was Chandra Bahadur, and he was 21, um, 21 and a half inches. So tiny, right? So tiny. 31 pounds. I buy bags of rice that are bigger than that man. Um, and I was thinking of, um, like, there's, there's, like, I could list, like, a whole bunch of things. But one of them that, that kind of was astounding to me was um, a guy by the name of um, Bootymer. And he holds his breath, world record, 24 minutes. 24 minutes. I don't know how you could do that and be alive. Um, right? And I mean, 30 seconds, and I'm pretty proud of myself. And um, I was thinking about one year after camp, and I was, Kirsten rode home with me. And we were going through Seattle, and we were on the um, express lanes, and when you kind of go down underneath, and right before you went in, she held her breath. So I was like, what are you doing? And she was like, so, we got to the end, and she said, "I always hold my breath whenever we come through here." so I was like, Okay, cause that's a long ways to hold your breath on the express lades going through Seattle, but anyway twenty four minutes isn't that crazy so um I loved that book when I was a kid i I, I mean, it's interesting now, even, but I wanted to be in the Guinness World Book of Records, but I just couldn't think of anything to do. Like, what could I do to get in there? I couldn't think of anything. And guess what? I still can't think of anything now that I'm an adult. I can't think of anything. And there are so many categories. Like, whatever you can do, they they put it in there. Like, um, I was reading through one of them, and one, one of them was balancing on one foot. And I thought, I can do that. I can balance on one foot. Do you know how long this person balanced on one foot? 76 hours. And I was like, I don't even want to stand on two feet (laughs) for 76 hours, right? Um, And then there was somebody who, who holds a world record for typing with his nose the fastest. Yeah, and I thought I could never do that because my... My Filipino, little short Filipino nose, I think my lips would hit the keyboard before my nose would. But I have to say that my nose is not without its talents, people. Uh, When I was in elementary school, and I could still do it now because I did it not long ago. But when I was in elementary school, music class was my favorite class. And we had a unit where we did the recorders. If anybody got to do that, you know, everybody had recorders. And, um, I thought I was funny, and I instead of using my mouth, I would use my nose and I'd put it under my nose, and I would you know use my nose breath and i I played I did everything all everybody else did, and I can't even remember playing Star Wars with my nose air through the recorder do, 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 do. right yeah, did that sound like a recorder? but um so I was thinking about that when I was studying, and then I was thinking, you know, in the seventies. Sanitation really wasn't like a big thing. And I could remember w- when we were done with class, we had a cloth, and we wiped the recorder, and then we put it back in the, the plastic sleeve that it was in. And then the next class got to, got to use it. And I was like, oh, Shelly, you were a gross child. Here I am, put my nose all over this recorder. And anyway, uh, but how cool would it be? Well, first of all, does anybody here hold a world record for anything? <laughs> I just needed to ask before I go on. No, no. no. No, okay, Um, but how, okay, so how cool would it be, all of us non-record holders, to be in a book where we would hold a record for something, right, for always that would be in there until somebody broke the record, but wouldn't that be cool? But I want to talk about some people who made it into the, who are in the Bible, who made it onto a really special Hall of Fame list, Um, and they're a unique group of people uh, because most of them, they hadn't even met each other. And they were separated sometimes by centuries or millenniums, you know. They they were separated by time, and a lot of them didn't know each other, yet they all ended up in the same chapter in the Bible, in Hebrews chapter 11. A lot of people call that the chapter of faith, and some Bibles even had the heading of heroes of faith. And it starts off by telling us what faith is, and then it lists a bunch of people and what they did by faith so I'm going to read Hebrews 11 but I'm not going to read the whole chapter I'm just going to kind of pick a few people out of there to read from and I put it up here so you didn't have to try and follow in your Bible because I'm skipping around here but in Hebrews 11 verse 1 it says now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see this is what the ancients were commended for And I'm just going to pick out some people here. It says, by faith, Abel Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By faith, Abraham obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, Joseph spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt. By faith Moses left Egypt not fearing the king's anger and then it it goes on and he says this he says I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith, this is great, conquered kingdoms, administered justice and gained what was promised Who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. The list goes on. Of course, I said I didn't read them all, but the list goes on. What a list that is what a list that is and i would venture to say that as i'm reading it some names were familiar to you because we've read of their accounts in the bible and hebrews 11 it's really brief on each person that they that is highlighted in this hall of fame faith hall of fame um so i wanted to pick just a few of them just to expound a little bit more on these people of faith and I had like six and the more I I studied them I had to dwindle it down dwindle it down so I'm down to four we're down to four people that I've picked out and I couldn't um, list people without listing Abraham because he's known as the father of the faith and he's also known as a friend of God and because of his faith and obedience in that faith he received three great promises of God land A promised land for him and his family, which was promised, too, that he would have a family. Here he was, 75, no kids, and still God gave him the promise that he was going to have a family, and this family was going to be as numerous as the stars, and they would be a great nation, which was the third promise that was given, that his family would be a great nation. He was greatly blessed. And then we have Joseph. I have their pictures up here. Um, We have Joseph, and his claim to fame was his wisdom, his discernment. He lived with integrity, and God blessed him. If you read his story, you know that he went from uh, being a slave to being head of the household in the house that he was a slave in. And then he ended up in prison, and he went from prison, and, and God blessed him so much that he became second in command in Egypt. And it was him who, who said that what was meant to harm me, God turned it around for good. Amen. And then, and I think it was Paul that, that reiterates that in the New Testament, that God turns around those things for our good and for his glory. Um, and then I have Moses. He's most known for leading God's people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And whenever I think of Moses standing before Pharaoh, I think of um, I always say to myself, let my people go. I don't know if that's what he said in front of Pharaoh or not, but that's just always what is in my head when I think of Moses before Pharaoh. But anyway, he parted the Red Sea uh, by obedience and faith. He communed with God on Mount Sinai. He was the writer of the Pentateuch, which is the first five books in the Bible, possibly Job, and even he has a few songs or poems in the Book of Psalms. Um, So, And then there's Samson. He served as a judge in Israel. He was a leader. He's kind of the Hercules of the Bible, right? If you, in children's church, you learn about him. His super strength is what, Makes him um, stand out uh, as long as he didn't cut his hair. He's known for killing a lion barehanded, killing thirty Philistines all by himself, and then a thousand Philistines. Which, when you said uh, it was going to uh, the offering was going to the Philistines instead of the Philippines, I wrote the Philippines on here that he killed a thousand Phil- Philippines on there, and it, yeah, he didn't do that. It was Philistines anyway. Using the jawbone of a donkey, but it was his strength, right, that makes him stand out in the Bible. And while all these men, and I, I really want to go on because you go through their stories and they're really amazing. Um, they lived amazing lives and they, they were remembered for these great things. And sometimes we find ourselves thinking, if only I had faith like Abraham, if only I had the faith of Joseph, then things would be better then things would be better in my life. God would hear me, and 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 I would see things more. I would, I would live this great life that I read about in the Bible. Um, but while these people had faith, it wasn't the entirety of their story. Abraham um, put his wife in a situation where she could be sexually assaulted by other men to save his own life, right? He says, She's not my wife. She's my sister there to save his own life. He didn't do it once. He did it twice. And when he didn't see the promise of a child happening in the time frame that he thought, what did he do? He slept with his wife's maidservant, got her pregnant. That didn't turn out very well, did it? No. And then Joseph, he grew up being daddy's favorite Daddy made that known by giving him a coat of many colors, right? We know about that story. And we today may not think much about that, but having a coat of many colors back then, it was an extravagant gift to have it dyed and and, and put together and made. It would be the equivalent of if you had, you know, daughters. And one daughter, you bring her home a Coach purse that you didn't get at the outlet malls, right? Um, and then you tell the other daughters you can make your purse out of your your old jeans, which was really big. And I don't know if it was big for everybody in the '70s, but in the '70s, I remember my mom making a purse out of your jeans. You know, you cut off you cut off the legs and you sew it, and you have a little clutch purse. Anyway, but it's it's kind of the equivalent, right? I'm giving you a Coach purse, but everybody else can just make it out of the scraps that you have and I I just I couldn't imagine how the brothers felt watching their father spend all this money on their favorite son and I'm sure that they that they um probably when dad wasn't around let Joseph know how they felt but even then he didn't read the room very well because when he had the dream about his brothers bowing before him he told them he was like hey guys you know one day you're gonna you're gonna bow before me could you imagine how they felt hearing their favorite brother saying that one day you're going to bow before me? And then the day that his brother sold him to, into slavery, the Bible says um, that they saw him from afar off. And when they saw him, they said, Joseph is coming. We're going to do something about it. You know, because they know that dad sent Joseph to come and check on him, right, to give a report on how he's doing. And um, you know the, why they saw him from afar off? Because he was wearing the coat of many colors, right? He's just not reading the room very well. He knows he's going out there to be the tattletale for Dad. Here they see him coming with a neon light that says "Favorite Son, Favorite Son," and they're like, "We're done. We are done." And what do they do? They they take him. Well, they wanted to kill him, but they take him and they sell him into slavery. Um, so, I mean, he was young. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him that. He was young, but. Wisdom and discernment was not his forte back then. Well, then you have Moses. Um, He didn't have a lot of confidence in himself or his abilities. He lost his temper a few times. He had family issues, right? Here he was trying to tell the Israelites, don't worship idols. And his own brother makes the golden calf for the Israelites to worship. And, um, you know, so he had his issues too. And we have Samson. Oh, Lord, I could go on about Samson. But I I keep telling myself, stop talking bad about Samson because I know when I get to heaven, I'm going to have to apologize to him for talking smack about Samson. I'm like, I'm sorry. I know. Anyway, he was haughty. He was uh, prideful. He had a lack of self-control, especially in the areas of of lust. Um, He, as a Nazarite, he took a special vow, and he broke that vow all the time. Um, he wasn't supposed to, as a Nazarite, drink wine, but he drank wine. And he um, wasn't supposed to touch anything that was dead. And what did he do? He ate honey out of a dead carcass of a lion. Um, and all of these compromises led to his capture. People blamed Delilah. But it was all of his compromises that he made led to his capture, right? They plucked his eyes out, and he was doing hard labor. Um, So if you catch yourself saying, man, if only I had the faith of Abraham. If only I had the faith of Moses. Let me tell you, you do. You do. They weren't on this faith hall of fame because they were perfect. Did you hear that? They weren't on that faith hall of fame because they were perfect. They were human. They had moments of strength and moments of weakness. And as we grow in Christ, our strengths will increase, our weaknesses will decrease, and we become slower to sin. That's how, that's how um, sanctification works. That's how we are transformed into Christ. We are slower to sin and quicker to repent when we do. Um, but their faith was no different than our faith that we have today. We have a tendency to complicate to overthink it, and sometimes when we pray and we don't get the answer that we want, we begin to think, maybe I just don't have enough faith. Have you ever thought that? Yeah, I'll raise my hand, many times. Maybe I just don't have enough faith, and maybe God doesn't hear me. What can I do? And you start reading books uh, by all these people about faith, and and all the, how to get more faith, and 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 we begin to just wonder why 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 aren't we seeing God answer? Um, but when we start to question, over question, overthink these things, you know what we're making it this all about? We're making it all about us instead of God. If I do this, if I say this, if I, you know, just have the right sequence of words to say, maybe he'll hear me. We make whether God moves or not all about us, which is human nature. You know, children do that. Uh, it's just, it's natural within us. Like if there's young children in a home and, and there's, um, there's upheaval in the home or a divorce in the home, normally little kids will say, what did I do wrong? It's just like within them. To, to think, if only I was a better child, maybe this wouldn't happen. It's, it's natural. Um, I'll use myself as an example. Uh, I've been really trying. God has been really working with me on making sure that I know that it's not about Shelly. It's not all about me. And I didn't realize, I didn't know that I was really needing that lesson. But as God begins to teach you that lesson, you see in your life how you've just made so much about yourself. And um, last year at Women's Conference, when Sandy, our Sandy, um, along with four other of our most precious ladies that were at retreat, they were our senior most ladies that were there. And that makes them in my book treasure, because what they carry is a testimony like none other. Right? The wisdom that we should go to and we should, and we should glean from. And um, when they were in that horrible car accident, um, and as soon as I got the call, it was probably 1 or 2 in the morning, um, as soon as I got it, all of a sudden I told myself, because this was women's conference that I was in charge of, I automatically took responsibility. And I said, oh, it's all, it's all my fault um and then at the um at the end of conference when we found out that that one of the ladies had passed away um i was a wreck julia was there she'll tell you she was a mess and um I, it really took a lot of prayer just in that moment um because all i all i heard in my head was it's your fault it's your fault it's your fault and and um thankfully in that in that moment god was just with me and he was like it's not it's not your fault you don't take that on but as soon as it was as soon as it, we left that and we went to the hospital and and um sorry it's like the first time i'm kind of voicing this so it's dark and julia and i we, we ran into um Jeanette's kids, their kids like hours ago passed away and and as I stood there and they're my friends. These are these are people I grew up with and um and I can remember being there and just thinking in my head, the words going over and over in my head was they're they're they blame you, Shelly. It's it's your fault. And I kept hearing that and I kept that war was within me saying, No, 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 you know and um, yeah, every time, like I would go in the hospital and sit with Sandy, and that first visit, I, I, I knew she wouldn't even remember. It. Yeah, and um, but just the overwhelming guilt that I felt just every time, and um, even at at the funeral, I can remember sitting. They, and I, I think people knew that I was wrestling with that because they were like, Sh-, you know, shall we come sit right here? And they just surrounded me. And and while I put off that everything's fine, you know, face, I remember sitting there and thinking, all oh, these people are looking at you like, it's all your fault. It's all your fault. And through that, through that time, I'm thankful that God, helped me, right? And he assured me that it's not you. And I can remember him vividly telling me, it's not all about you. And I was like, oh yeah. And he said, you need to just be there for Sandy. Be there for Jeanette's family. Be there for them. Pray for them. Support them. And you know, we don't even realize how much we just make things just about us and God has just, he's just been teaching me that, that it's not all about me. And whether or not a prayer is answered the way you think it should be answered or how we prayed it, it's not about you, but it's about the will of God. And it's about what he wills and what's best for us, even when we don't see it. Matthew seventeen twenty says, truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. The concept of mustard seed faith is not new to us. We hear it all the time. It's not new. We don't, God doesn't require mountain faith to move mountains. Um, oh, somebody's knocking on the door. Oh, yeah. Do they want to come in? Hey, come on in. Have a seat.
1: <laughs>
0: Let's see. That's Emilio, right? Yeah, yeah and. No, 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 no. Neat. You start with an N? No. L. Oh, What was your name again? I'm sorry. Leland. Leland. Ah, oh, it's close. I was going to say Neeland. Leland, it's nice to have you guys here. Um, anyway, we'll move on. So let me read Matthew 17, 20 again. It says, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Um, God doesn't require mountain faith to move mountains. Um, when we call out to God, to me, when we just call out to God, when we say, Jesus, are you there? he hears us. That's our, that's our mustard seed faith. And if you are saved, if you have asked Jesus into your heart, you have mustard seed faith. And the Bible tells us that when we just have mustard seed faith and we step out in prayer or in faith or in an action and we move that one step, God meets us the rest of the way. I don't find a scripture that says, if you meet me halfway... I'll come. If you meet me three quarters of the way, I'll come. But the word tells us in James 4, 8, come near to God and he will come near to you. We take that one step and he comes running to us the rest of the way. Now, Hebrews 11, uh, 11, our faith hall of fame chapter, it ends with this. It says, these were all commended for their faith yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us so that only together that us together with us would they be made perfect now when you read this we can get a little confused because it says they didn't receive what had been promised and then we just read that they gained all that was promised Um, but what he was talking about was the promise of a Messiah. He was talking about the promise of Jesus. And at this time, they were all Old Testament people that we're talking about. It was before Jesus came to earth as a baby, before he, he died on the cross and rose from the grave. It was before that. So these people in the Faith Hall of Fame, um, they held on to the faith, their faith in God because he was faithful and he's powerful and He and he always showed himself true. But they also held to the faith that one day, A Messiah was going to come, right? But here we are now. We're living on the other side of the cross right we're living on the other side of the cross where we have received the promise of Jesus where he is in us his spirit is living in us right so we have even much more than what the old testament people had it should give us more resolve to stay faithful to not be discouraged when hard times come to stay faithful through them when when trials happen to speak out in faith because he is in us We'd, they came from the, from the place of, of the promise to come. We live in the promise that is, in the promise that is with us now. We may not have our names written anywhere where we could read it in the Bible, but I believe that heaven is keeping record of their own faith hall of fame. And I believe That it says somewhere in there that by faith, Shelly, when she was 19 years old, 16, in the depths of depression, got out of bed. If you've ever been in depression, you know that getting out of bed is a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big deal. She got out of bed because she still had faith in God's promise. That weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And joy came. Joy keeps coming, and I'm thankful for the joy of the Lord, because it has been my strength. What do you think is being written in heaven about you? By faith. By faith, Julia. Right? By faith, Nellie. He's writing that story for us. We may not be perfect. We aren't perfect. Don't dwell on that. But dwell on what God is doing in you. The things that you have done by faith. We can walk by faith because we have the promise within us. We have the promise of Jesus within us. And whatever you're going through today... God is walking with you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's stand. I pray that God's word bolstered you today and that you can continue on by faith. Sometimes we we wonder, can we keep going? We can. We can. You can keep going by faith because greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world our heads, father I thank you for your word I thank you God Lord that uh, you don't look upon all of our mistakes and that when we when we ask forgiveness of sins you give it to us freely father and I just I praise you today for that God I pray today God Lord that you would increase our faith you've given us all a measure of faith and it's up to us um, whether that faith will grow or whether it will just lay dormant God and I pray that that you give us, Father God, Lord, that strength and encouragement, God, Lord, to uh, walk in faith every day, even when we don't see the answers, God, that we walk in faith because you are faithful and that you walk with us, God. Lord, I pray, Father God, that you help us, God. Lord, to to be um, bold in our faith, God, knowing that that you are within us, God. Lord, that that we can do all things because you are with us, God. Lord, I pray you help us, God, to share the faith with others, God. Lord, those that are hurting around us, God. Lord, those that are in need, Jesus, I pray that you would just help us, God. Lord, to uh, look to you in all things, God, and not to our left and to our right. you enjoyed the message today. The prayer got cut off at the end, but I do pray that this week that you just walk by faith and don't think about all the things that you've done wrong. But when you call upon the name of the Lord, you are expressing and you are moving in that mustard seed faith and know that that is enough. And God can take that when we move in that faith. He can take it that seed and grow it so I pray that you this week that you are able to use that mustard seed faith in your life and in your walk with Christ God bless have a good week